have a show for you today. We have a show for you today. So check us out. We'll be back after NPR in just a few minutes. You're tuned to WMNF Tampa. This is the Sunday Forum. News in Washington. I'm Giles Snyder. As deadly violence between warring military groups vying for control in Sudan enters its second week, no U.S. government personnel remains in Khartoum, and the embassy is now shut. NPR's Amy Held reports U.S. military evacuated nearly 100 workers. U.S. forces touched down in Khartoum Saturday and in less than an hour got U.S. embassy staff onto aircraft and out of the country. The American flag is now temporarily down, but Assistant Secretary for African Affairs Ambassador Molly Fee says the mission goes on. The Sudanese people are not giving up and neither will we. The goal is to bring an end to this fighting and a start to civilian government. An unknown number of American civilians remain, including Tamir Mohammed's two kids in Khartoum. We try to contact with the embassy. We send them many emails. We try to call. There is no answering. The Pentagon says it will still try to help Americans leave using naval assets at the port of Sudan, plus surveillance and intelligence to make the land route safer. Amy Held, NPR News. Bed Bath & Beyond says its stores and websites will remain open and will continue serving customers while it navigates a bankruptcy process. A retailer has filed for Chapter 11 after struggling for months with slumping sales and competition from other retailers. Jury selection begins tomorrow in the trial of a man accused of killing 11 worshippers inside a synagogue in Pittsburgh more than four years ago. NPR's Marie Andrusevich reports that members of the community say this moment of reckoning is long overdue. On October 27, 2018, a gunman killed 11 worshippers in the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh's Squirrel Hill neighborhood. Robert Bowers faces dozens of federal charges, including hate crimes resulting in death. The attack is believed to be the deadliest anti-Semitic act of violence on U.S. soil. Maggie Feinstein is part of a healing center created in response to the shootings. She says the community has been waiting for this step for years. The people who were very directly impacted by this, the people who lost their loved ones, the people who witnessed, have thought about a trial and justice process probably every day. Um, since the attack happened. Jury selection is expected to take weeks. Marie Andrusevich, NPR News. An area from the Texas panhandle to western North Carolina under freeze watches and warnings this weekend. The cold weather follows powerful storms that spun off damaging tornadoes last week, including one that badly damaged a new veterans hospital in Shawnee, Oklahoma. Wade Vlasich is the director of the VA's office in Oklahoma City. He says steps are being taken to care for patients. We have about 2,400 veterans that live in this local area, and so we're having to relocate and try to find ways to uh, get them the treatment they deserve. And from Washington, you're listening to NPR News. After the massive SpaceX rocket exploded shortly after launching on Thursday, residents of communities surrounding the launch site are raising concerns about dust and debris that have landed in their neighborhoods. Pablo De La Rosa from Texas Public Radio reports. The Federal Aviation Administration is overseeing SpaceX compliance with environmental protections. The agency has confirmed that a so-called anomaly response plan was activated after Starship exploded over the waters off Boca Chica, Texas, shortly after liftoff. The plan requires SpaceX to take extra steps to coordinate with other agencies to remove launch debris from the surrounding sensitive habitats, as well as perform a post-launch survey with a qualified biologist. The FAA is not directly required to inspect or study the impacts. SpaceX CEO Elon Musk tweeted on Friday 
that the company may be ready to launch its next rocket in one to two months. For NPR News, I'm Pablo de la Rosa in McAllen, Texas. Kenya's Calvin Kiptum set a record at today's London Marathon. Kiptum ran the race in two hours, one minute, 25 seconds, setting that course record. And he just missed setting the world mark by 16 seconds. Kiptum collapsed to the ground after winning the men's elite race. Sifan Hassan of the Netherlands won the women's race after appearing to be injured partway through. She finished in two hours, 18 minutes, 30 three seconds. A record 48,000 people are expected to cross the finish line today. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include the Walton Family Foundation, working to solve social and environmental problems to improve lives today and benefit future generations. More information at waltonfamilyfoundation.org. You can help WMNF now and into the future by donating gifts of stock, real estate, retirement assets, or a life insurance policy. It's easy to leave a legacy of love. Just call Ian at 813-238-8001 or go to WMNF.org slash planned giving to get started today. Hey, it's Lindsay from the Caribbean Cruise, where we play all Caribbean music from the classics... To the latest. Every Sunday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. here on WMNF 88.5, online at WMNF.org or through the WMNF mobile app. Well, hello. This is DJ Spaceship reminding you that every Sunday at 9 p.m., tune into the Righteous Temple of Hip Hop, music with a message, with the Temple crew, and be inspired. The Righteous Temple of Hip-Hop, more than just music, it's inspiration. Hi, this is Duncan Strauss, host of Talking Animals, now airing at 11 a.m. on Wednesdays. The time slot is new, but Talking Animals is in its 19th year and remains a show about animals and animal issues, chiefly revolving around a long-form interview with an important figure in the animal world. Guests have ranged from Jane Goodall to Amy Lou Harris to Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. The program also features music, comedy, news, and a quick quiz, Name That Animal Too. That's Talking Animals every Wednesday at 11 a.m. on WMNF. Join me late Sunday, early Monday, for Body Rock with Mike B on WMNF 88.5 Tampa. The heavy metal disco train leaves the station at midnight for a three-hour dark journey into the sonic underworld of alternative music. Body Rock with Mike B. Sunday, midnight, WMNF 88.5. We are back here on the Sunday Forum, and uh, we, of course, are looking to hear from you, too. Call us, 813-239-9663, or you can write us, write DJ at WMNF.org. And you can listen online at WMNF.org worldwide. You are tuned to the Sunday Forum. Keep it tuned.
Sounds of Iniko. Iniko. I'm from outer space. That, right? Yeah. That's tight, right? <laughs> like she, that. she, she has several versions of that song. It's called Jericho. And that's a really, really inspirational song, mm-hmm. truthfully. Uh, excellent song. Excellent song. Very well done. Uh, brand new talent. Mm-hmm. And just tremendous, tremendous. Iniko with an I. Iniko with an I. Yeah. I-N-I-K-O. Hey, listen, we're back here on the Sunday Forum, WMNF 88.5, Tampa. And, you know, we, we are, I just spent the weekend watching uh, a lot of this stuff, right, uh, to to gain a, to gain some, some extra perspective, right? I, I mean, you have to do that from time to time in order to, to really understand that you're not alone in your thought process. Uh, I have seen Amalia Chatella actually uh, on the floor of, of Parliament actually discuss this issue of why it's important for African unification and to understand the the history to try to, to to make Europeans understand the history that and, and the position that they have been responsible for placing Africa in. Right? Now there is a it does not take away the agency or the responsibility of the Africans to to create uh, to create this atmosphere. Of United Atmosphere, right, or United United Continent, and it is the responsibility of the Africans to correct these things. It is also the responsibility of those who are responsible for for doing these things to them to take part in in the in 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 this process. One of the ways that that they can take part in the process. First of all, is to stay out of, uh, stay away from the Nate from the countries, from the standpoint of keeping away those uh, those paramilitary forces and all this other stuff that they they usually send in uh, that that have caused the problems over the centuries. That's, so, uh, that's, you know, that's absurd. It's pretty complex because let me tell you something. The other night I was watching Finding Your Roots, which right. is genealogy has become one of my obsessions right, you know, because right. I've yes, learned so much. And it, it even speaks to the issue of reparations, but that's that's later down the line. Right. I was watching and found out Questlove was one of the... yes. Uh, he's one of the Mobile, Alabama, Clotilda African yes. uh, descendants because uh, the story was the white slaver who ran that ship did it on a bet. That's right. He said, I, I make a bet. In 1860, when trafficking was long outlawed, trafficking mm-hmm. in human bodies, slaves, enslaved people from Africa was outlawed in 1808, but here was 1860, and this white guy's making a bet, I can bring some Africans in here. Mm-hmm. And so he goes to the Dahomey kingdom and finds there are like 4,000 captives just sitting there. 
you know, so there's a caste system that is long that the Europeans exploited. Okay. They exploited the differences between empires, between ethnic groups, and they have been exploiting them ever since. Yep. So unity was always part of what was to be broken right from the beginning so that Europeans can exploit and we were listening to PLO Lumumba. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to listen to more of him Absolutely. talk about there is a new scramble for Africa. They control us and our resources. Absolutely. And, and, see, if you mm-hmm. think for one instant that BRICS is not some is not some some uh, uh, exploitation move. Then you you're crazy. You're absolutely out of your gourd mm-hmm. if you think that that's not the case. We should not as as you know. Eric kind of quote said this, and she was absolutely right. Why did we go to Africa? Why did our, why did our State Department go to Africa? Why why did, why did our executive branch go to Africa? There was no agenda. There was no agenda, and she felt she she expressed the point that it was disrespectful for them to visit Africa with no agenda. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, there was an agenda, all right. <laughs> White right. supremacy and ex- exploitation. Right. Extractive industries. Uh, but, you know, but it's, but it is something that truthfully, you know, I'm, I'm surprised that our vice president did not, and somebody's going to come in and say, well, you shouldn't be surprised. I am, I am surprised, I am, that our vice president did not have better forethought than that. Well, I mean, it's a good thing that she went, she goes. It's a good thing that we go because, you know, at the same time, Africans have complained that the United States have, ignored, right. yeah, have ignored them and uh, their uh, power, their interest in the world and their place in the world. Africa needs to be put back at the top of the global uh, ecosystem because it has provided not only the labor for centuries but the basic raw materials that has helped this world survive and thrive. That's right. You know, one of the things that PLO Lumumba says, and we'll, we'll go to the phone calls, we have some phone calls in. Um, one of the things that PLO Lumumba points out that is that, you know, uh, he goes down the line. He says the Portuguese were welcomed into the country and they abused us. The British were welcome to the country. They abused us. The Dutch, the French, the Germans, the Italians, the Indians, mm-hmm. right? The Arabs. And I, it, it put me in the mind of, of, once again, I always do this. It put me in the mind of our corner stores, our phone markets, mm-hmm. our cell phone markets, things like that, right? Okay, you go into the corner store. Just, just yesterday, just yesterday, you know, I'm, I'm not a small person. Right, and you know, and and I have a have a very um, low tolerance for stupidity, mm-hmm. a very low tolerance for stupidity. And I went in to go get gas at a gas station in New Tampa. And as I went in, the first gentleman who was Indian, uh, I, I I went and I, I paid my money for for gas, and. I went next door to get some coffee for the event. And I went on to get my gas and the pump was timed out. So I went back and I knocked on the window where the where the behind the register is, the mm-hmm. area where the register is, and the gentleman didn't hear me. So I knocked again and um he he again he didn't hear me so i walked inside opened up the door and there was another indian gentleman that came to the door now this guy comes to the door and he has the nastiest attitude ever what what do you want and i'm like, oh, oh oh wait a minute hold on you know i could have handled now at that particular point you give me a certain energy right now i could give you that energy back but the energy i give you back you're not going to like mhm mhm you're not gonna like, but I had to think. Where am I? That's the first thing. Where am I? That's the first thing. Second thing is, is it going to be? Is it necessary for me to even give that energy to you? To waste my energy on that? Right. Right. The other guy came up. He says, "No, I'm sorry. Your your timer went out." Another guy was like, "Oh," and he walks off. 
but he assumed he had no the other guy had no reason none at all to approach me in the way that he did right. but that is something that is very prevalent in our gas stations our corner stores and things like that they talk to us any kind of way they treat us any kind of way they they um they they have a and not all of them do this not everybody does right. this, but you see this is a very prevalent attitude towards black people and it's something that i noticed even in on the continent of africa when i was there um, remember now, I spent almost 10 years of my life off and on the continent. So I witnessed the, the way that they talked down to us. And there's a long history of doing that. And the requirement of having Africans refer to them who, who work in their home, refer to them as master or mistress. No. I witnessed this more than, I mean, it, it's a prevalent practice. Yeah, right? it's a bit weird. Yeah, no. It, you know, and, and so... And so to come here and think that you can talk to me like that, you know, and, and I don't know if it's a matter of them thinking, oh, that I'm not, you know, because I'm black, I'm not educated. That might be uh, a, a little bit of, of this uh, this racism, but I just think that customer service is, is death. The death of customer service hasn't happened oh anyways, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, you can't go anywhere and get really respectful But I don't give them a pass. Anybody. I don't give them a pass. I don't give them a pass because we cannot give them a pass. <laughs> we cannot give them a pass because, no, really, we, they, they come into our communities and it's cool. If, 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 you have, if you have the money to come into the community and do what you do, fine. But give back to it. That gas station, I'll give you an yeah. example of something I despise. I despise the fact that the Hope gas station sits right there on the corner of 22nd and Martin Luther King right here, right now. And it's in the condition that it's in, and we allow it to stay there like that. Mm -hmm. When we have a CRA. So to the CRA members of East Tampa, don't allow that anymore. I'm not going to say shame or anything. No, shame on them. And it should be shame on you if you don't do anything about it. Stop those people from coming in here and allowing themselves and, 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 and taking it upon themselves to crap over our neighborhood like that. That is wrong. It is sitting there roofless. It's sitting roofless, R-O-O-F-L-E-S-S, -S, without a roof. It is sitting there looking like garbage, okay, in our community. And they ought not to be allowed to do that. Or they should be forced to have standards. They should be forced <laughs> to have standards. Yeah. They do it in any other community, and mm -hmm. we have the right to tell them, you are not going to come into our community and act like that towards us, and you are not going to do look like that in our community. They can be code-violated. Yes. They can be charged tax, extra yes. taxation. Yes. A lot of things. They would do it happen. to us. <laughs> they would do it to us. They would never allow that type of thing to happen in their community. And we should not allow that type of thing right. from food, from, from the food they, they, they sell us right on down to the way they look in our community. That should not be allowed. That requires the people. That's the people exactly right. speak up. Uprise. So the East Tampa CRA partnership, the CDC, the NAACP, the Urban League, all of you need to get together and stop those people from doing that. That is wrong. That is absolutely wrong. You don't talk to us like that. You don't treat us like that. You are not going to take our money and sit there and allow that to look the way it looks in our community and to be and to be sitting here like that. That's wrong. That's absolutely wrong. Neo-colonialism inside it is. this country. It is. You want to take calls now? Let's, let's take that gun call. Let's do it. It's got, I think we well, got like 25 minutes. You got me you're getting riled up. up. I know, right? 813-239-9663. If you want to talk to Walter, do you want to rile him up some more or calm him down? Don't, which one you want to do? Which one you want to Where do? Where does it go be? Make a choice. Make a choice. Make the I right go, one. Go about it. Go ahead, caller. You're on Sunday Forum. <laughs> caller, can you hear us? You're on the Sunday Forum. Hello? Hello. That's you, caller. Okay, caller. Hello. Oh, there he is. Hello. Hey. Hey, how you doing? All right, how you doing? I'm hanging in there. I'm All right, Doc. In here. Yeah, uh huh, uh huh. Hey, listen, this is when you you talk about the, the, the relationship and understanding Africa. You know, this uh, the way I see it is this is part of that uh, quote unquote anti woke process. I mean, we should be insulted when a guy comes along and says, "Well, I'm an anti woke person." <laughs> uh, to, to be unwoke is to be asleep and not be conscious of your surroundings, right. Sure. Your, right. your 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 history. 
So when a guy like DeSantis comes in and says, I'm anti-woke, you know, he says to you that your ability to learn, uh, I mean, when you start talking about uh, um, uh, uh, music or when you start talking about science and math, when you start talking about history, those are things that are that are uh, that are counterproductive to his end. In other words, what Mandela points out is that it is the, the, our enemies are those who are anti-democracy, and that's what I see that the the concept that uh, 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 DeSantis and that crowd is pushing is more than DeSantis, of course, because when you talk about uh, Africa and the resources, the fight over the mineral rights. If it wasn't for the Congo, we wouldn't. The United States wouldn't be a nuclear power. Period. You know and that the slave trade, that the the slave trade involved the Atlantic slave trade, but there was also a huge Indian Ocean slave trade that went all the way across to the Pacific. That's the part that we rarely to ever talk about those things. Right. These are the things when we talk about being woke, being conscious. Of, the, of, of your history. You wouldn't ask Jewish people to not be conscious of your history, and that they wouldn't consider that. That's part of their, 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 their legacy. Or even the Chinese, as part of their, their culture and their development, that they go back 10,000 years and then come forward 10,000 years. But when folks in this country, I guess, when we in Florida decide that we're going to understand our history in relationship to, to this being a, a colony of Spain uh, and, and who came in here and there were Native American people here that we intermarried and entered uh, and there was uh, intermarried and there was a Southern Underground Railroad. All of a sudden that's so diabolically uh, 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 dangerous for us to understand that, that history, which then goes back to the fact that these people that are that are real enemies are those uh, and against our freedom are those who are anti-democracy and i see that people like DeSantis and that whole crowd uh, are people who are anti-democracy and you can read this in of course message from this message from the santisburg found in yovitan and norms that message one two and three uh, that we wrote articles on and stuff so we continue to raise this fight and it's just and let me just one, one more thing i wanted to talk about this just getting let me slip this in. You know, you talk about health care. I want you to watch something here. Go down Armenia, okay? And go from like from Sly all the way down to Hillsboro or a little bit above Sly. Right. Uh, so and count how many pharmacies you see there. So I counted almost like twenty. It's right. predominantly Spanish neighborhood. Now you go into our black neighborhood and count how many pharmacies. Maybe you know, two that or three. Is deliberate. Yeah, that black folk, and he's some of these guys, and he's going. These guys have graduated from Florida and M too. That's right. So what is that is deliberate? That what you see is is every black owned pharmacy that had been existing had been somehow put out of regulated and put out of business. Uh, well, an example of regulatory racism been attacked. Every one of them, and the oldest pharmacy that we have here in the state of Florida is who. You and I know it. Alexis Roberts' family. Mm-hmm. All the rest of them are basically being eliminated and stuff. So we talk about pharmacy doesn't. That's part of that anti, that's mm-hmm. part of that being failure to be woke. Just do that for me and you'll see what, I, what, 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 what I'm doing. Those of us who have been successful in the past have been, been some found way been attacked by the, the, the state of Florida or the Drug Enforcement Administration. This uh, diabolically racist, uh, uh, no, better yet, a criminal enterprise, real commerce, criminal enterprise of the United States government that has come in and has brought these illicit medications and illicit drugs into our community, at the same time eliminating and attacking our physicians, pharmacists, and dentists in our community. And we write about that in you are with it, norms.com. All right, all right. Thank you, Dr. Norm Clement. How you doing, man? You everything good? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm, I, I'm, uh, like I said, I remain uh, vigilant and 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 
and fighting and, and, and those sort of things. And you need to have our group on and see some of the, of the, the, the uh, talk about some of the things that we have literally uncovered, like, for example, data analytics that are being used, that these data analytics that are used, such as the, uh, from companies like Qualoran, is a company called Plato, that these things are, 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 are not only they're in error, but they're fraudulent and they're being used against healthcare providers, not just black, but are, are all over the, the country and have managed to put these doctors in jail. And these, it comes out to what we call vendor fraud. Right. Vendor fraud. Mm-hmm. And we have, and, and the government supports these sort of, sort, sort of, a, read about the work that we did in my, the, called the Minority Report. It, it, it's off of the movie, The Minority Report, but it's a company called Plato. Plato Health Integrity. We're going to take a look at it. Getting away with all kind of, kind of, kind of but the data analytics that is being used, is being used to interpret, uh, call healthcare fraud, is simply a scam. All right. Our federal courts have been involved in this, and our prosecutors have been involved in this scam, and we and we have exposed, we are exposing it in our blog. You are within the norms.com. Thank you. Hey, man. Thank you, Dr. Norm Clement. How you doing? Hey, man, listen. Thank you so much for everything you're doing out there. Um, And keep on doing the good work, okay? And we got your back. We got your back. I think he's... uh, That that requires more discussion, too, because I'm just wondering, here in inflationary times, you know, if we have two or three pharmacies in the black community, uh, can they help people... Get affordable, afford their medicines because there are people I'm certain who are elderly that's making the choice whether or not they're gonna buy food Absolutely. or buy medicine or pay rent. Exactly, exactly, and they have to do without their medicines quite often because they gotta eat. They gotta eat, and and they and and uh, I witnessed that yesterday. Hmm. It was incre- I mean, just incredible, man. It, the the things you, you witness. In these types of events that we do and things like that, yeah. And then uh, you know, well, I, I I'm gonna eat some food because I gotta take my medicine, or I gotta, I gotta eat this food because I can't take my medicine, right? Unless I eat, unless yeah. I eat, you know, or, or it's just not, or I don't have any more medicine right now. Mm. You know, I've heard all of this, man. It's it's absurd. But yeah, let's go on to our next call. All right, go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday forum. Hi, hi, good morning. This is Simon from Lakeland. Um, hey, Simon. How you doing? All right. Uh, good. Y- you know, um, I've been listening to the Sunday Forum for a very long time. And I remember a time with Otis Anthony where, with all due respect to the current show, you couldn't get in. The phone was ringing off the hook. And you would get double-digit phone calls. Now, you get one call, and it's the usual. So anyway, my question is, your characterization of the gas station owners, when you say they and them, sort of brought me back to Marion Barry when he talked about the Korean restaurant. And so I don't know if that bodes well for bringing brotherhood together for the entire community. As far as a litmus test on Africa, I don't know if you'd be in favor of Liberia. Talk about colonization a great deal. If Liberia should change their flag, if they should change their constitution, if they should change their capital, Monrovia, all derived from the American Colonization Society when they left America, United, you know, America at that time, and went to Liberia. So I haven't heard you say anything about that at that point. As far as governance, rather than talk about DeSantis, let's talk about Angola's Dos Santos. Here's a guy who was very corrupt to his own people, 70% of Angola was making an income of $2 a day while his daughter and family were ripping off the country to a tune of billions of dollars. So 
when you talk about Anglo-Saxon, European, I understand the code word, but we're supposed to look at a model of how people are treated. Should we talk about Uganda and now against the LGBTQ, the death penalty for homosexuality? I'll leave you with this. You have an opportunity at the radio station. You have an Arab talk show. You have a Jamaican talk show. You, the radio station claims to be diverse. Have all these people on that are in Africa and discuss what is Africa. Right now, the movie Netflix, Cleopatra, is being sued by a minister in Egypt because Cleopatra was not black. Kevin Hart, the comedian... Which is crazy, crazy. yeah. No, that's not crazy. Cleo, crazy. Uh, Kevin, Hart, Kevin Hart's show was canceled in Egypt because he was talking about the civilization of Egypt. So please have on the diverse group that is offered to the community, and let's talk about what is Africa. Because I, I would guarantee you, if you went into the community, the black community, and asked them what Pan-Africanism is, and Edward Blyden, who was the father of Pan-Africanism in the West Indies, they wouldn't know what you're talking about. Yeah, most of well, them will. Why, why, why would they not know what you're talking about? Yeah. Let's go oh, on to the next caller. Yeah. No, no, hold on. Oh, cool. Hold on, no, no, hold on, hold on. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a moment. I'm gonna I'm gonna respond to those, and you're welcome to call back, Simon. Uh, first of all, um, you know we were very clear about this particular point, and I was very clear about who I was speaking of, and I was very clear about uh, about what happened, and I am not going to back down from the fact that these things do happen in the black community, and they happen per, in, in, in uh, very much. They have been quite often in the black community. I'm not sure how much time you've actually spent in the black community, uh, but I can tell you right now that this is definitely something, a type of attitude that is very prevalent amongst these merchants that are there, whether they are Indian, or whether they are uh, Palestinian, whether they are uh, of, of uh, any Arab persuasion or Asian persuasion in our community, this is what happens. This is the attitude, it is a prevalent attitude. And I was very clear about the fact that not all, did I not say that? Did yeah, I not say you that? You said that. Not yeah. all are like this, okay? So, that, so let me- you call me it out when you saw it. <laughs> I called out when I saw it, right? Okay, now, that's the first thing. Second thing is, uh, and, 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 that, and that is because, I don't know, I'm not sure how much traveling you've done, Simon, but the travels that I've done and the extensive travels that I've done, I have lived in the communities with these people. In fact, my godfather is Sikh. So I am very much aware of the fact that these things happen. And I disagreed when that happened in his household, my own godfather. Okay, so I, I tried to stay away from that point, but that was my own godfather who allowed that to, to take place. So, hey, listen. Don't don't come at me with, uh, with with trying to get me to think that you know what I said was somehow wrong or I, I am not backing or down. Divisive, divisive, somehow divisive. It is not divisive. You call it what it is when it happens. Funny how we, we have to always be yeah. the meek and humble ones and can't call things as we see them or experience them. I'm not being meek and humble about a damn thing. Not one single damn thing. Uh, so that's number one. So number two, let me talk about Liberia. In Liberia, uh, it's up to, you know, Liberia, like any other African nation, uh, and I know it is unlike most African nations because of its origins. Uh, but Liberia, like any other African nation, is going to have to make a decision about the, about the, the issues surrounding uh, how it will participate in the African Union. They're going to have to make that decision, just like all the others. Now, the, you brought up Mozambique. And let me tell you, uh, you, you're right. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I mean, you're absolutely right. And I brought up the point that these countries do have people. Did I not do that? Did I not mm -hmm. point that out? That they do have people leading these countries 
who are not suited to lead these countries. We have we even played PLO Lumumba, who in fact does have who talks about the fact that these countries have problems, and they and they and and they they have been they have been corrupted, and I do not deny that fact, but that has to be straightened out. That has to be straightened out before we can actually before there can actually be an African Union. Now, it is insulting to think and to assume that just that most people in the black community have no idea what Pan Africanism is. It's insulting right. to think that it is insulting. Okay, uh, you know, but but of course, then again, what what let's let's just say, for instance, that they didn't. Let's just say that most didn't. Wouldn't that be a reason? For us to have our uh, black history classes. And be a teachable moment. I mean, most people can put the word pan together and understand that that mm-hmm. means across and all. But, you know, this thing he raised about Egypt and Cleopatra, my oh, goodness, on, how is man. that not crazy? Give because an break. Egyptian lawyer last Sunday filed a lawsuit over Netflix's upcoming Queen Cleopatra accusing the streaming service of, quote unquote, erasing the Egyptian identity. For depicting the ruler as a black woman. I mean, I mean man, that's crazy. They, they depicted her as a white. Did they sue because yeah. she, when she was depicted no. as a white woman? Miss uh, Elizabeth Taylor played Queen Cleopatra, and nobody said she, a word except she us. <laughs> we said that was a faulty description. Come on, now. of of what Queen Cleopatra may have looked like, but that's neither here nor there. Now you have a lawyer in Egypt saying that because she's black, she's not. Uh, we, that Netflix is erasing the Egyptian identity. Oh man, come on, man! <laughs> you know, that, that's that's you know that's again that's racist. The, the <laughs> fact the fact that the fact that that's even an issue is racist. But look, let's just face it. it and even Egyptians will tell you that originally, and and, and even now, even, they are Africans. First of all, they're Africans. Undeniable fact, right? Now there are those who try to take Egypt out of Africa. Uh, and try to support that somehow and say that I've, I've read everything from Europeans came into Egypt and built the pyramids and then left. Really? Well, they were all different shades of black. Yes. In after, Egypt. After, the, after the invasions, the miscegenation, this happened. Now, before then, come on, man. man come on. Kushites. <laughs> come on. Come on. You can't deny that. And even, even Cleopatra herself. Even Cleopatra herself uh, probably had some sort of African. Even though people say she was Greek, because you can't, because she was descended from Ptolemy of the mm-hmm. Ptolemy lineage. Come on, man! Like, that doesn't mean a hill of beans or anything. <laughs> she still, you know, she it's, still could have been black. Exactly. Were there not black Greeks? Yes, there were. I don't black people in the Greek civilization. I just so. think it's an overstatement that says erasing the Egyptian identity when there was so not. many hues of and shades of of color in Egypt anything, all this time. Anything to erase us from being a part of that. Yeah, just you know. like they put they uh, chopped off the noses on all Come on. Come of the on. sphinxes in the in the statues. There's a reason I guess why they to did hide it. that. Yeah. A reason why they did it, man. Go ahead, Carla. You're on the Sunday Forum with Walter L. Smith. Don't, don't be Second. a part of that, Simon. Don't be a part of that. <laughs> Good morning, Brother Smith and Mabili. Hey, how you doing? Brother Hearns, how you doing? Fine. I'm doing just fine. Uh, I always enjoy the discussion. Uh, if I could focus it on a local issue that's sort of timely. Yes, sir. Uh, folks may have heard about what's happening with the Hillsborough County School Board. And the vote that it took last Tuesday to close Ernest Everett Just Elementary School. Yeah. Yes. Uh, which we believe uh, deserves reconsideration. And by we, I mean not only the brothers of Omega Sci Fi Fraternity Incorporated. Of course. Ernest E. Just was our founder and faculty sponsor. And I think a lot of people were not aware of that. They were not, they were not aware of the pushback that was coming their way. When the discussion turned and the vote to close Ernest E. Just Elementary School, repurpose it is the technical term that uh, has been used. Repurposing meaning take all the students out of that school, uh, send them to other elementary schools uh, as if that's going to make them better students being in another building. When just can be saved, just like Potter Elementary School was changed before the pandemic. 
You remember the, all the talk around closing Potter? Yes, absolutely. As an F school? Absolutely. So whatever we did to save Potter, we need to do the same thing to, to save Just. We know what it's all about. That property on the Hillsborough River, which is like gold now, mm-hmm. that's what this is all about. It's about money yeah. at the expense of our students. Having that school in their neighborhood, the attendance is low. One of the reasons is because uh, of the changing demographic and uh, what used to be North Boulevard Homes, West River. Right. So when the projects were torn down, a lot of the students went away. The boundaries uh, could include more students to attend just. And so we're asking folks to rally behind. We only need one more vote. Well, it was a three, four vote to change uh, the status of just. We need one more school board member to vote to keep just open. And there is a final hearing and a vote on Tuesday night. I'm pretty sure that's a four o'clock school board meeting. So we're asking folk who want to keep just open because, in my opinion, it's just the first domino. Oh, there yeah. are other schools on that river, you know. Absolutely. And again, all of that property is worth its weight in gold. So, Stewart. Stewart uh, is right next door. Re- exactly. Also named for exactly. a brother of Omega Sapphire. <laughs> Stewart. 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 Right next door to Jeff. Is Stewart next? So, we're asking folks to go on the school board website, email each of the seven school board members. There were three who voted to save just before May 9th. And I'm asking folk also to show up in large numbers at the school board meeting on May 9th and say, let's say just. Absolutely. 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 Uh, let's save just. Let's save just. Thank you very much, Brother Hearns. Thank you. Thank you, you my brother. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, let's save just, man. You know, they're always taking something from us, man. Uh, and here's that word, they again. <laughs> Using they. You, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, powers yeah. that be. Yeah, the powers that be always trying to take something from us, man. I mean. Something that's going to make life harder for us, that make opportunities uh, harder to achieve, make opportunities harder for the children of color to achieve and put the burden on children of color to find someplace else to go further away from home, just like was the response during the uh, desegregation era. You know, we'll put the burden on you who want freedom to go to better schools. Uh, You're going to have to ship your kids out further and further and bust them. Uh, But I think that, you know, it could be saved. People, this is one of those things that people need to come together on and recognize that this is another way of ruining power and opportunity in the hood. It is. It is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and there's not going to be another just. There's, there's not going to be another just. They're not going to, they're not going to what are they going to do? They're, gonna, they're not going to build another school and, and name it just. They're <laughs> not going to do that. And I've heard the arguments with regard to why they're doing it. Uh, one of the things that's been suggested is the fact that it is it is uh, it has some issues with it in terms of the air conditioning. So uh, save it. They have some mold issues. They have a couple of other issues going on uh, that are there. But, you know, again, here, here's the here's the thing, the issues that we face in our communities, in our schools, resources. And how long have they known so about the, the mold? Resources there. Yeah. <laughs> if there is mold, then why don't you do anything about it? If there is, if there's an issue with the air conditioning, that now see that is a corruption issue. Hmm. That is a corruption issue. They're supposed to fix the air conditioning in all the schools of Hillsborough County over a certain time period, and all you know, and this hasn't happened over there. I mean, yeah. come on, neglect. Come on. Which is an age-old story, historically right in this here, community. Yeah, right here, at Nathan B. Young, right here, at Nathan B. Young. They were having it, which is by the name is by the way is named after a former president of the Florida A&M University. Uh, right down the street here, they haven't, you know, they haven't fixed the air conditioning over there yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, these people are driving us around about it, man. I mean, fix it, right? Put the resources into it, right? right. I went personally and purchased fans. For a few of the hmm. classrooms, I did what I could and called people to come and do the same thing during that time period. And they still have some of those fans in those classrooms for the teachers that are there. I mean, but 
Shout out to Walter Hill Smith the second. No, man. <laughs> no, I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm serious, saying. though. I mean, but that's, that's what, what you do. do. Yeah, exactly. you got to do it. Gotta, come on, man. Come on. Uh, go back to the telephone lines. Talk to you, 813-239-9663. Go ahead, call it. You're on the Sunday Forum. Good morning. Peace and blessings, brother. There we go. How you doing, Queen Mother? I'm fine. But let me just tell you, um, we, we we got to remember a little bit of history here. Because this has been a well-orchestrated plan to pull up and erase and push out anything African within almost a 100-mile radius to downtown. Absolutely. I remember when the school board had to make a decision on who would be the next superintendent and how some of those same people now that is voting to close just was put on black folks' shoulders and total around in certain churches because they wanted Addison Davis over over a well-qualified mm-hmm. African employee that could have made great decisions for our community. Lynn Gray, they talk about the history and relationship that they got with certain black people was one of the deciding votes. Her and Nadia Cohn uh, the other night to vote the close just. So it's consequences of when we betray our people. Now we're dealing with part of that consequence. And as they talk about shutting down just, they don't even uh, pretend that they really care about the children. They talk about the children and what's going to be in the best interest of the children. But right there at the corner of um, Maine and Rome is Dunbar Elementary. That's right. They don't talk about taking those children within less than 50 yards to go to Dunbar because it is a magnet school that is solely created to bring white children inside of this neighborhood. So now those children out of West Tampa will be bused to just uh, elementary I mean, to uh, Booker T. Washington and to another school in West Tampa, but Booker T. Washington's children coming back from the pandemic pulled themselves up from an elk and they are holding on to a C status. So now you bring in those students that you say is of F status into a C school, you don't even talk about bringing the resources of additional money or support. Right. And it's, it's this constant betrayal that we are getting time and time again that for the betterment of Tampa, for the betterment of education, black people, black children are suffering. We're being pushed out. We're being gentrified. Our businesses are being closed. And part of the problem, again, I believe in saving just, you have the uh, fraternities come down there that is already working with the children. Let's continue that process. But we got to remember those that are betraying us, and we got to remember those also in our community that will sell us out. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Uh, She's right. She's right. We got to remember that. Because some of these people will be the ones that will try to run for office. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> maybe I just need a refresher course on the grading protocol. You know, is that classist or racist? What's the protocol for grading a school F or D or C or A? Uh, or is it just somebody's whim? Right, right. One of them has to do with the reading standard. Yeah, a lot of reading standards fell during the pandemic. Right. Uh, people have pulled themselves up by the bootstraps, and a lot of schools, a lot of kids have been forced to do that without a whole lot of support and help on that issue. You know, they're trying to ban books and tell kids what they shouldn't be reading and can't read as opposed to focusing on the reading abilities and reading standards that might have been lost 
during the pandemic. Well, even then, the 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 other issue with regard to that is was the access again resources, right? What we found was, you know, this was a disaster, and in disaster situations, you have these types of issues where education is in question. Are you going to keep your school open? Do you keep your school open? If so, how do you do it, right? Uh, but they closed. And when they closed and locked everything down, the question then, what we discovered was, remember? Remember when we did the show? And we discovered that the that the Wi-Fi services uh, in one portion of town were not the same as they were in another? Yeah, you had a digital divide. Yeah, but that know. was that was the case before the pandemic. Right, but nobody, but nobody really ignored. knew how much of a frequency, like when I say frequency, I mean literal frequencies and Wi-Fi frequencies were were weaker in our communities than they were in South Tampa. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And when they when they realized that it became public, nobody knew that. Most people did not know that. What we what we also discovered was that um, you know we didn't have enough laptops or things like that that we could get to these kids. People have been ignoring these to, problems. Yes. This has been something that has long been talked about, at least yes. here. You know, yeah. we've talked about the divide. Yeah. And when this the pandemic like came, myth. nobody was right. When the pandemic came and we were challenged, nobody knew what to do. It became real. It became real then. And and I worry about the next pandemic. I'm trying to tell you. Uh, I'm trying to tell you. Um, you know, so uh, anyway, uh, what else we got? We got we got some more. Uh, we got some more music. Yeah, that's what we got. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, we're listening to uh, Tank and the Bangers. All right, as we Tank head on out. Bangers. As we head on out here Black on the folk. Sunday Forum. Black folk. So, <laughs> hey man, listen. I want to thank everybody for joining us today as we had the discussions that we had on uh, discovering and, and looking at colonialism. We're going to talk some more about it uh, throughout the year and because this is an ongoing issue. It's one that soon we'll be able to resolve in some way as we work together in our own communities with each other. Uh, you know, listen, one of the things we have to remember, folks, is when it comes down to working together, you have to leave the white privilege at the door. Uh, when, you know, if you don't know something, ask, and don't act like you don't like like you know it. Ask the question. Listen to the narratives of the people that are look that are looking for the help. Right. They can tell you more about what their troubles are than you can. So listen. Let's work together. Let's treat each other better. Let's love each other. And as always, from my voice to the radio waves, to the hearts and the minds of the people, we love you here on the Sunday Forum. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Listen, folks, we'll see you next weekend. Again, this is Tank in the Bangers. This and is Walter Elspeth the Second Mobili saying peace to everybody out yeah. there. Yeah, and the postmodern hoot nanny is coming your way next. Yeah, WMF Tampa. Black look like a revolution. Look like a family reunion in the park. Black look like it's a different world. Sound like a crawfish ball in New Orleans. Black folk joke around like Martin and got paintings from JJ in the living room. It sounds strong. Look like sacrifice. It'd be flowers blooming in the summertime. Black sound like old songs. Smell like good food. And it tastes like heart disease. But it feel like maze at Jazz Fest. Black sound like something that hurt, like a heart test. Black sound like skin, like something dark. It look like hair, yeah. Black sound like rough hair and good hair. Look like history, sound spiritual. Black sound like years, like working, like night. Black sound like money, look like Walmart. Like corner stores, like cash register singing. Black sound like 400 years. Smell like Oprah. Impactful like Martin, look like Cicely Tyson, sing like Nina, got a ass like Serena. Feel like broken homes in Section 8. Black smell like crack and collard greens. Sounds motivational, feels like church. Look like big Sunday hats and ribbons. Smile like your mama, eyes like the sun, beautiful.
injustice so far underneath the carpet that you trip over your own family history <laughs> but I love me some black folk I love the hair grease and the rental fees the front row seats the police the projects the mustard greens being late social security checks government assistance bougie black looking good bags of hair fake press on 